Do you ever feel a little bit conflicted as a believer in terms of your relationship with God? How are you to approach him? Here's what I mean. Are we called to repent or to rejoice? Are we called to contemplate with deep sorrow and regret and grief and tears? Or are we called to celebrate with joy and gladness? Well, the reality is it's not either or, it's it's kind of both. It's one before the other. It's not one or the other. It's one that leads to the other. And that's what we're going to talk about today. How do we understand these concepts? Now, if you're always with me on Enough for Today, you are wondering right now, what is going on? Because this is new. We're doing a new thing. And yet, we're not doing a new thing. So the essence of Enough for Today is not going to change. We're in Psalm 81 today. We're going to continue pressing through the Psalms. We've been on a three-year journey of daily devotions. But what we are doing is moving everything to my YouTube channel, and that's a new thing. And it will declutter the church's channel. It will allow us to develop a community at what we're calling the channel Growing in the Gospel. And at this channel, we will develop a community where people can comment and question and share and subscribe and where the really the relational element can develop a little bit. And if God wills, he can give this channel life. He can take it as far and wide as he desires to, to the hearts he wants to minister to. So for those of you that have been with me for a long time on Enough for Today, this is still Enough for Today. We're still going to do this every Monday through Friday. We're still going through the Psalms, and when we're done with the Psalms, we'll pick another book. We're still going to be around 8 to 12 minutes, depending on on the day. And so every day, you'll still see this post. This is a pre-launch week. And so most of our streaming platforms are still in place. But by Monday, July the 10th, we're going full steam ahead onto the YouTube channel, Growing in the Gospel. Another thing we're going to do with this channel is a couple of times, maybe three times a week, we're going to release a longer form teaching video. You'll see that coming. For instance, the first project is the Done Book, What Most Religions Don't Tell You About the Bible. We're going to record one chapter at a time. I'm working on that today. And we're going to release that two or three chapters a week so that it will be shareable for all who want to share with a friend or neighbor or coworker, someone that they love or a burden for who needs to know Jesus Christ. The other thing you'll see is sermon series and different things that we'll be airing. And then a couple times a week, I hope to do what I'm going to call a a video short, a two or three minute video, maybe answering a question that somebody submitted, maybe responding to a comment, maybe looking at the events of our world and pushing it through a biblical lens or a biblical perspective. What we're doing on this channel is all things Bible, all things gospel. I love teaching the Word of God, and this is just another way to do that. And so how can you uh, prayerfully be a part of this and, and consume and continue to grow with me through Enough for Today and now on this channel, Growing in the Gospel? Well, first, go to the YouTube channel if you're not getting this on the YouTube channel and uh, subscribe. Just click the subscribe button. You'll get the same notifications and you can download the YouTube app and really engage that way. I encourage you to comment and ask questions and we'll engage with that. The second thing you can do is share. Encourage some other friends, family, neighbors, coworkers, your uh, community, your tribe. Invite them to subscribe to this channel and grow in the gospel with us. So uh, that's the business we needed to take care of for today. So let's dive in now for the next few moments to Psalm 81. We introduced this psalm last week. This is a psalm of essentially a call to worship. It's a psalm that was probably used to open a feast 
the Jewish people, Israel was called to celebrate with God and to feast with God, and they were called to come back home to Jerusalem for like family reunions. At least three times a year they had to do this, and there were seven feasts, and some of them are mashed together. We don't know precisely what feast this particular psalm is about. It could be the Passover, but it's most likely the Feast of Trumpets and the Feast of Tabernacles, which were together in what we call the seventh month, sort of the end of October, I'm sorry, end of September into October of our calendar year. Uh, Here's how the sequence of events would happen for the nation of Israel. It's important to understand it as we read the psalm. First would be the blowing of the trumpet for the Feast of the Trumpets. We're going to hear a little more about that feast in a minute. And then in uh, the 10th day of the month, there would be the Day of Atonement. This was when God, this was when the high priest would go before God with the sacrifice, with the blood of the sacrifice to atone for the sins of the nation. So this mediator that would go into uh, the holiest place of God and present the blood of the lamb on the mercy seat. By the way, all of this is a picture of Jesus. It was, all of these were arrows that pointed forward to Jesus. And and God was saying, I'm going to send a savior. You are sinful. You need atonement. You need a mediator, a priest. You cannot come before me We're separated, but I love you. And so the priest, the mediator, will come into my presence and he will bring the blood of a substitutionary sacrifice. And because of that blood laid on the mercy seat, requesting my mercy, justice has been executed on sin. That's what the sacrifice represented. The mediator represents a a perfect intercessor, a perfect uh, representative, a defender, Uh, a defense attorney, an advocate, the mediator, the priest would go in, lay out the sacrifice on the mercy seat. The mercy seat represents God's heart of loving grace and mercy and his desire to forgive. His holiness demands justice, but his heart wants to love and give mercy. He can only give mercy if he can do so justly. And so the sacrifice, the sacrifice is the atonement, the payment, the debt. It bridges the gap. It, it, it closes the deficit between me and God. All of this is, is a picture. Old Testament Israel's ceremonial system was a picture of the gospel. So the Day of Atonement. The Day of Atonement would then lead into the Feast of Tabernacles. I like to call it the Festival of Tents because the people would come and they'd set up tents all around the nation of Israel and they would camp in these tents as families. It was like a giant campground of celebration. They would light up the temple grounds. They would bring food and they would feast for days and days. It was awesome and a wonderful and a memorable and amazing time. So back to my first question, does God call us to repent or to rejoice? Does God call us to uh, to contemplate or does he call us to celebrate? And I said the answer is both. So let's read the first three verses of this psalm together and then I'll let you go for today. Sing aloud unto God our strength. Make a joyful noise unto the God of Jacob. We talked about that verse on Friday. Sing aloud unto God our strength because God offers us the strength we need every day and offers us this amazing intercession and this intermediary sacrifice because God allows us to be reconciled to him. And he writes our names. He engraves our names in the palm of his hands. All of these things give us reason not only to enjoy his strength and to live in his strength, but reason to sing out, to sing aloud. This is what we do every Sunday at Emmanuel. This is what I hope you do every Sunday at your church uh, and every day in your life. 
This is where good Christian music and godly music and great worship is a part of our lives. It's a part of our worship and a part of our walk with the Lord. Sing aloud unto God our strength. Make a joyful noise unto the God of Jacob. He doesn't doesn't mind if you can't sing on key or on pitch. He just says, make a joyful noise. And yes, he means you. Look at verse 2. Take a psalm. It's almost like, hey, grab one. Pick one of your favorites. And bring hither the timbrel, that's like a tambourine or a little drum, the pleasant harp and the psaltery, these are instruments they used. Verse 3, now here it is, blow up the trumpet in the new moon. So this is the shofar, this is the ram's horn, this is what they would have uh, used to get the attention of the people. It was an attention-getting mechanism. The trumpet in scripture is a call to worship, it's a call to get your attention, Often it represents judgment. Uh, the trumpet of God can be coming judgment or warning of judgment. Uh, the trumpet is going to sound when Jesus comes back. So God uses this idea of trumpet essentially to get our attention. And in the Feast of Trumpets, that's kind of what it was. It was a, hey, everybody focus. Everybody put your attention back on God. The trumpet signified at this new moon, signified the end of of the harvest season. So this is the end of a time when God has provided once again and the closing, kind of the closing out of the year or the season in particular. So blow the trumpet in the new moon in the time appointed. So God appointed this time for this trumpet to be blown, for people's attention to be arrested, for what? Look at what he says next. In the time appointed on our solemn feast day. Now, Think about this, solemn feast. We don't typically think of feasts as solemn, and we're typically not thinking, when we think solemnity, we're not thinking of feasting. Uh, These are kind of dichotomous ideas. What is God saying? What is the heart of God? Well, the purpose of the Feast of Trumpets was to introduce 10 days of solemn reflection, essentially repentance. Where am I with God? And it was a reckoning. By the way, it was not a working my way to God. It was not a a method of trying to get or gain favor with God by doing penance. That's not the point. But it was a, a moment of honest, solemn, personal reflection. It was the act of being honest before God. And if you are honest before God, you come to this place where you're like, I don't deserve him. I don't deserve his grace. I don't deserve his mercy. I can never live up to his expectations or his holiness. I have fallen far short of God. And the answer to that is yes, which causes us for the moment to reflect, I am away from him. I am undeserving. But here's the beautiful thing. Those 10 days of reflection, solemn consideration, culminated on the 10th day with the Day of Atonement. So that led up to this moment where the blood, the sacrifice was presented to the mercy seat and the mercy of God was essentially received. And then, several days later, the Festival of Tents commenced and the celebration happened. So does God call us to repent or uh, to rejoice? Yes. Does God call us to contemplate or to celebrate? Yes. But here it is. He says, first contemplate 
and be honest with me. Be honest with who you, with where you are. Be honest with what you've done. Be honest about your sin. But then recognize that there is a sacrifice. There is a substitute. Jesus came to the cross, shed his blood, gave his life, laid his life down for you and for me. And this offering is our atonement. It is our atonement. It's, it's, it's our way of coming to God. I don't come to God on the basis of my works. I come to God on the basis of what Jesus has done. Not what I can do or what I have done or what I will do, but what Jesus already did. And out of that atonement flows mercy. And out of the receiving by faith of that atonement, I can then stand up with joy and celebrate with amazing uh, celebration. I can dance before God with strength. I can sing aloud. I can make a joyful noise because Jesus took my place. So this is all a picture of the gospel. What does it mean? If you don't know Jesus, he is your only go-between between you and God. He wants to be your mediator and savior, and you can ask him to be right now. You can trust him. But if you're a believer, it means that God does want you to deal honestly with your sin. But he also always wants you to preach the gospel to yourself. And literally, kind of every day, he wants you to live out this process of understanding who you are, but not beating yourself down, but realizing there is atonement. And in that atonement and in Jesus, you can rejoice. You can sing aloud. You can have a life of joy because the highest being in the universe has set his love upon you. And he approves of you. He affirms of you, not because of your goodness, but because of Jesus. So my friend, sing aloud. Uh, God is your strength. Make a joyful noise. Uh, Take a psalm today. Sing it. And yes, understand you have a celebratory God. But the only reason we can celebrate is because of what Jesus has done. And that is enough for today. Thanks for joining me today. We'll see you tomorrow.